If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello again. This is Heather Bayer. It's another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, and I'm absolutely delighted to be back here with you once again. This is a solo episode today. I am in my last week of vacation. Well, I call it vacation. You know, I've been working right the way through, give or take a few days off, but uh, but that's that's the way I like it. I like to be working all the time. So most of the time we've been down here in Florida and Alabama. Uh, I've just got a, such a ton of work done. So many things we've got going on at the moment. You know, one of which, of course, is planning for the Vacation Rental Success Summit. And I know that's six months away, but there's a huge amount of planning that goes into it. Mike actually does the majority of it. And because you listen to this podcast, if you have signed up for cottageblogger.com and our newsletters or if you're on any of our Facebook pages or groups, then you'll, you will have heard of the Vacation Rental Success Summit, which will be held in San Antonio, Texas, on May 18th and 19th. I think it's the 18th and 19th. I should really know these dates. Uh, it'll be on the show notes anyway. It could be 19th, 20th. But anyway, it's May. It's the weekend. It's next year. 2018 and yeah it's um six five six months away but you will have heard about it already um we are we you know we have the ticket sales open and you can still get early bird tickets so if you haven't got your ticket and if you're interested in getting it at the best price possible then I would go across to the Vacation Rental Success Summit site and the link to that is on the show notes. Go take a look and we've got such a great lineup of speakers already and you'll you'll begin to see those showing up on the VRSS website over the next month or so, as all these speakers send in their their, um, their 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 speaker forms, give us more details on who they are, what they're going to be talking about. But we already know that we have for our keynote speakers, we have David Angotti from SmokyMountains.com. For those of you who came to VRSS last year, you'll know how amazing David was there, and I am sure he's going to be equally as good. Uh, in May of next year. We have asked Steve Milo from Vacation Rental Pros to speak. Steve is pretty outspoken on the way that the online travel agencies, the OTAs, treat their property managers and their owners. And he is going to give, and I know this because I've seen Steve speak on a number of occasions, a completely unfiltered view of the OTAs and and how we can deal with them and, and also give some insight into the numbers, how 
I sometimes we think, you know, with, with, with so many independent owners wanting to back away from OTAs, we wonder how they can still be in business. Well, Steve will give you the numbers which really tell you why they are still in business, why we still need them to a certain extent until we become fully independent. So that is, that, that's going to be a keynote not to miss. Uh, we also have Andrew McConnell from rented.com giving a keynote. Now, Andrew is so knowledgeable about this business. I'm so interested to hear what he's going to be talking about because I've been following Andrew for many, many years. If you are a follower of skift.com, which is really, Skift takes the pulse of the travel industry and has done a lot of focus on vacation rentals over the past few years. And Andrew is often the spokesperson that Skift go to for for opinion and insight into what's going on at the in, in the industry at uh, at the time. So those are those are the first three keynote speakers that we have on board. Can't wait to hear them. We also have speakers, our workshop leaders that we've had in the past, such as Erica Muller, who's going to come and talk about how to sell your vacation home and also how to how to buy your next one. She is a brilliant realtor that deals almost exclusively in the vacation rental world. So she really knows her stuff. So if you're thinking of, of selling your place at some point in the future, which probably we all will be doing, then that's going to be a great workshop to attend. Of course, we'll have Alex Nig and Tammy Sims from uh, Properly. They have spoken at the last two VRSS conferences and have been hugely welcomed and uh, we've had great feedback from their workshops so definitely come along and listen to that one. We have Wes Melton who is David Angotti's business partner in SmokyMountains.com. Wes is a, is a genius at SEO and all that technical side of marketing that we often don't pay enough attention to. So come along and listen to Wes talking about SEO. There's many other speakers that uh, that we, I would like to talk about, but we just still have not got them just tied down to, um, to coming along on those dates. As soon as we do have, they are going to be listed on the Vacation Rental Success Summit website on the speaker page so you can go along and check them out. And yes, I'm going to be speaking too. Um, not having a keynote slot this year, but I'm going to be doing a workshop and more of that to come. So what else What else have I been doing? Oh yes, um, Avroa, the Association of Vacation Rental Operators and Affiliates, will be launching its new iteration in January. Uh, we've been working, all the committees of Avroa have been working really hard to get this up and running, to get the website populated so it's ready for the launch. And I think you will really enjoy and benefit from what Avroa has to offer. And I'll be talking to uh, April Salter, who is the chair, chairwoman, chairperson of Avroa, in the next uh, in the next couple of weeks before the launch you'll be hearing from April 
who'll be talk and we'll be talking about why it's important to join Avroa and become part of the voice of this industry because we can all sit back and make our complaints and have a little whinge here and there but if you don't get involved with others and collaborate and make this common voice of the industry then you you really can't participate in what what is happening and how the industry is going to go forward and we really believe that avroa is the key to our independence and to getting this industry really moving forward uh, for for our advantage not just for the advantage of HomeAway and Booking.com and Airbnb and TripAdvisor and all the other OTAs. So listen out for my talk with uh, April Salter in the next couple of weeks and, of course, the launch of Avroa in January of 2018. I've also been working on the Vacation Rental Formula, which is the um, membership site that Mike and I put together a couple of years ago. And I have to admit to being a little bit lax in terms of the uh, content that's been going on there. Uh, We started out, and I'm being very, very honest here, because we started out with huge ambition for this. We wanted to make it just an amazing educational resource. And, And we put a lot of really good resources on there and work very very hard at creating these training courses and at the moment there is there's a good tranche of material on there but nowhere near as much as I want what happened of course was that shortly after we launched VRF vacation rental formula um, Mike had this we had, well we had we we Mike and I had this great idea about the vacation rental success summit and that really has it, it shifted our priorities and part of me says you know it shouldn't have shifted in that direction without giving enough attention to where the vacation rental formula was going uh but we are back on track and again what will be happening in january is a relaunch of the vacation rental formula as well now for those of you who are listening who are already lifetime members you're probably thinking that it's about time that there's some new material comes on there. Now of course you've got lifetime membership. Whatever we put on there over the next I don't know 5 10 15 years however long I'm going to keep going at this uh, then you're going to have full benefit of every new piece of material that comes out. So uh, so so watch this space we have we have a number of short courses and then I'm working on some much longer ones. Uh, one in particular, which is how to start a property management company. You know, I did it 15 years ago and if I was doing it again, in fact, um, uh, th- there was an article on abode.pr, uh, abodepr.com, which is Jessica Gillingham's site recently. And she asked me a question about what would I do differently if I started again? It's been 15 years, so I would probably do absolutely everything differently if I started again. So I'm using the benefit of 15 years as a small property manager. I still don't consider that I'm that we are a large company. We're a very small company, 
and I want to give everybody who's interested in starting a property management company the benefit of the experience I've had over those 15 years. All the mistakes we made and what I would do differently if if we kicked it off again. So so that's that's something I'm working on. It's not going to be there in January, but it will be probably by the time that we get to VRSS in May, we will be launching that uh, that full course in how to start a property management company from scratch. So if you're only if you've only got one property or if you've got Maybe you've got four or five under management, but you want to know how to really grow that. We're going to be starting up a a waiting list uh, for that course in in January. For those on the waiting list, I'll be helping you out in any ways you want over the period before the course is fully launched. So once we get off and running, you'll be able to get going very, very quickly. So really looking forward to hearing from people who'd be interested in coming on board with that. So I've been, I can't believe 14 minutes has gone by so fast. And all I've been doing is telling you what I've been doing. So hope you're still with me. It's just that uh, it's it's been such a uh, a busy and work-filled couple of weeks, but I haven't actually really noticed how work filled it's been when I'm so used to a November in Canada with certainly cold weather, wet weather, damp weather, really miserable weather. I really hate November in Canada. And I've spent the last month sitting in a Gulf Shores campground. It's a state park at um, at Gulf Shores. If anybody's familiar with this small stretch of Alabama, which is on the coast, Gulf State Park is a fabulous, absolutely fabulous location. And uh, and we've been here for a month in our RV and we're just coming to the end of that. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it hasn't been too much of a hardship sitting outside enjoying the sunshine while I've been working away. One of the things I've been working at has been talking with my staff over about what happened over the summer, about the issues that arose what was most common, what we can do in future years to, or well, let's say just next year, to prevent many of these issues from from happening. And it's it's been interesting that in collecting all the data throughout our season, all these issues that were raised either by guests or owners, that there's often a common thread that comes through it all. And this this year is really no different from other years, but we've we've seen a little trend, or yeah, maybe it's maybe it's more than a, a small trend. We've seen a trend in the things that have been happening, the things that guests that happen to guests while they're at a property, that point to some shortfalls in the way that we give information or in the way that owners prepare the properties for their guests. So. In this episode, I want to talk about ways we can guest-proof our properties. The reason I want to do this is because this is something I'm going to be sharing with all our owners in our property management company over the next couple of months. There's things that have come up through the year this year that you think, oh my goodness, if they'd just done this, that issue would not have arisen. Because you can have the best guests in the world 
but accidental damage still occurs. It still happens. The reason being is that when, when people congregate in unfamiliar surroundings, they don't have the awareness of space that they have at home and in an environment that they're more accustomed to. And I got to thinking about this the other day when I was looking about looking around my tiny home here. And it is a very tiny home. Um, and I'm very accustomed to working in a tiny kitchen, to to just, you know, opening cupboards the right way so that one cupboard doesn't bang into another one, to being careful about how I put things away in in cabinets because if if I'm not, then there is a likelihood that, that something's going to happen, that en route the ca- cabinet's going to fly open and things will fall out. But we get used to doing this. We get used to the sequence in which we do things and it just becomes, you know, it's, it's, our, it's our comfort zone. But, if, but I thought the other day, if somebody came in here who had never been in a fifth wheel before and I just walked out and I said, okay, it's all yours, that they are going to have some real difficulties. You know, they probably wouldn't, they wouldn't have the knack of how to light the gas oven. They wouldn't know where, I've got what's called a new wave oven, which if anybody saw my Facebook page, it's what we cooked our turkey on for Thanksgiving. It's a portable oven. It's all dismantled in a cupboard and I, you know, it gets put together in a specific way and gets put away in a specific way. Now I know this, it's second nature to me, but if somebody came in who didn't have a clue, they would not know how to do this. And it's the same with our homes. So when guests come in, you know, things get spilt, they get knocked over, they get misplaced, and there's sometimes damage beyond repair, simply because your guests haven't had the time to get comfortable in a new space. Whatever you can do to prevent issues from arising is going to be a benefit to you and your guests. So I thought I would give you um, the benefit of our research from over the summer and very quickly go through 20 ways you can guest-proof your property. There's going to be a download with this as well. So, so if I'm going to, going to go through this pretty quickly, um, but you'll be able to go onto the show notes and download the complete list of the ways to guest-proof your property. Okay, I'm going to kick off. These are in no particular order. Number one, this is one I learned in Maui years ago. We went on vacation with Mike and Andrea and every cupboard in the kitchen had a little um, printed label on it just inside the cupboard door. It wasn't in your face on the outside. It was on the inside and it told you what went in that cupboard. Because haven't you, haven't you gone back into your vacation rental? It's just about every changeover. Things have been put away in different cupboards maybe your guests have even rearranged the cupboards and it does that does happen but simply using and what what are those uh, you can buy those little machines a label making machine i think that's a huge that, that's such a great investment they're inexpensive and they're invaluable to help your guests find their way around your kitchen cupboards and to put things away in the right place and it just has to be a label that says glassware or herbs and spices or I mean, you don't have to have a ton of labels but just to give categories to what goes in each each cupboard make it unobtrusive that labeling just inside the cupboard it'll save you time it'll save your cleaning staff time and will make your guests happier because they know where to put things 
Number two is having emergency lighting. This is one I realised how invaluable this was, where again, we went on vacation. It was to, um, it was the first time we went to Exuma, in fact. And um, the power went out the very first night we got there. And we got there at about seven o'clock in the evening. We were excited. We we had some beer and some wine and a barbecue and it was absolutely fabulous. And then we, I don't think any of us unpacked. We just climbed into bed. It was great to be there. And I woke up about three o'clock in the morning to a thunderstorm and the power was out. So wanted to go to the, uh, to visit the washroom. I didn't, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd looked the previous day, but it's pitch black. I had no idea where I was in this room. So, I mean, I made it, obviously, um, but it would have been so helpful to have some emergency lighting, the sort of light, sort of plug in emergency lights that come on when the power goes out. Uh, alternatively, for hallways, if people are going to go along hallways, you just buy emergency lights, the, you know, the little plug in lights that go in the hallway. So just think, would your guests be able to find their way to the bathroom or to the kitchen or to their child's room? in the middle of the night on the first night if the power had gone out so that that is a that that's a for me um when i came back from that vacation that's the first thing i did was get the emergency lighting and of course you know it's putting uh, flashlights in bedside drawers as well um number 3 replace glass tables we had a number of incidents this year where patio tables the glass type got broken because people left um the patio umbrella up and a wind came up and the umbrella fell down and broke the patio table. Now, of course, we could ask our guests to please take the umbrella down when it's windy or when it's likely to be windy. But how do they know? How do they know when a wind gust is going to come along and, uh, and cause an accident? The simplest thing is, is, to, is to not have a glass-topped patio table. Same thing with indoor tables. Inside, they're just glass tables of any sort are just too risky to have where children are around. If you've ever had a toddler around, you know they love to bang things on tables. Um, just best to replace them with something alternative that's sturdier, less likely to break. Number four. This probably go, should go right at the very beginning. Remove anything that has emotional value. The general rule of thumb that we tell our owners is to take anything out that would be upsetting to you if it was lost or broken. I don't say stolen because I just don't believe that things get deliberately stolen from vacation rentals. Um, you know, we, we would take care not perhaps not to put a, a vastly valuable painting up on a wall. Um, but, uh, you know, mostly people don't take things because you know they've been there so they're, they're pretty much going to be caught at it if um if, if they take something because you're going to notice it on the changeover but if you don't want something to get broken you know items of sentimental value or or, or items that do have high worth just take them out remove them it doesn't mean you have to divest the property of everything that makes it feel comfortable or welcoming but you might just want to take out your favorite coffee mug if it would really bother you if it got broken. Number five, spare keys for those that lock themselves out. 
always, always have a spare key somewhere. Even if you have a, grim a great remote locking or unlocking system, technology fails at times. And it usually will do so when a guest has just left the place and pulled the door shut and left their car keys on the kitchen table. Trust me, that that has happened on numerous occasions. So just have a spare key somewhere where you can let them know if they call you and say, I've locked myself out, can't get back in, my keys are on the kitchen table. And you can say, OK, there is a spare house key. It's hanging on a hook under a deck or on a ledge in a shed somewhere that is not easy to uh, to locate if you don't have the directions to it. It's just so easy to do and and it will save a huge amount of time and stress all round. Number six is a comprehensive welcome book. Well, of course, we all want to give our guests all the information that, that, that they need. And I know, you know, we could have a digital welcome book uh, or the the traditional paper-based one, because however well-prepared you are for your guests, there'll always be something they need to know while they're, while they're at the property. I I was reading a, a forum post on the Say No to VRBO Facebook group the other day, and somebody had posted that they were, they, they were having a Thanksgiving dinner and they were getting continuous texts and calls from guests asking about things that were easy to resolve. We, we've only got a few towels and we need more. Well, in fact, the, the towels were there. The guests just hadn't found them. Whether it's information on how to run a dishwasher or how to segregate, separate the garbage, or why, the, why is that there that funny noise in the basement every time you flush the toilet, that's the information that should go into the welcome book. Have everything in there. Have it cover all the unique and occasional quirky aspects of your property. And then if your guests text or email, you can simply say, go to the welcome book. Everything you need to know is there. If there is something that's not there, then let me know. It probably won't stop every guest doing the, you know, oh, I'll just pick up the court, pick up the phone and call them or I'll text them because it's easier to do that than to look in a book. But for most, it will. So just make sure it's comprehensive. Number seven, laminated TV instructions. I am having my husband prepare me a set of laminated TV instructions for my television at home because if he was away, I can turn the TV on and off, but it's all very quirky and you have to use three separate remote controls, go from one to the other to the other to actually get this machine to work. And if I wanted to use the Apple TV, I wouldn't have a clue. So I'm not very te technologically... Uh, proficient. So just having complete instructions, step-by-step -step instructions laminated is going to work for me and it will work for your guests because you might be completely familiar with how your TV, your satellite, your Blu-ray Blu system, your Apple, your Roku, whatever you've got, you're familiar with how it works, but your guests aren't. So to prevent that late night call, asking how to get the TV working again because they've just uncoupled it from the satellite. Create a simple instruction guide and laminate it. And then it doesn't get all covered in coffee stains and um, get, um, get dropped down the back of the sofa, etc. Number eight, talking about remote controls, is labelling them all. I don't know about you, but we have a remote control for just about everything. 
my husband has a thing about remote control so there's remote controls for the fans there's remote control for the fireplace there's a remote control for the heating there's a remote control for the television and for the music system so i think we're going to be moving more and more to um automated homes where we're using automation systems and people will just speak to the Amazon Echo and and or speak to Alexa and say Alexa turn on the fireplace or Alexa turn on the satellite TV and that will all work but until then label your remote controls provide a basket to put them all in because it may not stop them getting lost but it'll actually reduce the risk if you've got one place to put all the remotes number nine I'd already mentioned is having flashlights in the bedside drawers um, buy a pack of inexpensive flashlights. Costco do them. You can buy packs of sort of 10 flashlights very inexpensively. Place one in each bedroom. Make sure you just check them on every changeover and then change the batteries every six months or so so that the batteries don't leak. Um, just it, it, It's just nice thing to have in your welcome book or on your digital welcome guide. You just simply say, there are flashlights in every bedside drawer. So your guests are able to see their way around the room if there's a power outage. Number 10 is in the kitchen. Providing trivets for hot pans and having them out and visible. We've actually dealt with a number of issues over the years. Not, not I don't think there were any this year, but we've dealt with a number of issues with guests putting hot pans on laminated uh, countertops and burning holes in them. We had this in in, in our Osprey cottage uh, a number of years ago and somebody put a hot pan down on the uh, on the laminated countertop. It burnt a hole. We had our contractor come in, our handyman, and he just cut out a 12 by 12 square where the uh, where the laminate was was burnt and cracked. And we just popped a 12 by 12 ceramic tile in there. And that was fantastic. It's like a built-in trivet. But if you haven't got that, just make sure you, you provide them. Once again, you're familiar with your kitchen. You're familiar with how you take a hot pan off a stove and put it down. But your guests aren't. And kitchen accidents are all too common. So make it easier by providing the simple things to help them, uh, such as trivets and oven gloves. Number 11 is provide spare batteries. We talked about batteries in flashlights. There's batteries in remotes. People actually will, if 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 they need batteries, or they'll, they'll take them out of one thing and put them into another. So if you have a small amount of spare batteries and guide your guests to that collection of batteries, you can you you have to be specific and put a note in your box of batteries to say please do not put used batteries back in this box. And maybe provide them with somewhere else to put them. I mean, we're very specific with our with our recycling and recycling of batteries. We can only do it once a year at our landfill station. So we we have a big bag of used batteries that just go annually to landfill. But whatever works for you, just make sure you're supplying some batteries, and that uh, that that means that your remotes are going to stay working over the period of a rental season. Number 12 is um, an analogue telephone. 
we found this in one of our cottages because we had we we got these 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 uh, a, set, a set of phones with uh, with the portables in bedrooms. So we had the main base station and then portables in the three bedrooms, which which our guests really really liked. Except, I mean, that was at a time when we didn't have a cell signal, and of course, more and more people are using cell uh, cell phones anyway, and you probably don't have a landline. But if you do and you have a portable set of phones that plug into a base station which plugs into the electricity, they will not work in a power outage. So we bought a $10 analog telephone. We got it in the dollar store, and that's kept in our power outage kit, which we ask guests only to open in case of a power outage, and then they can just plug the analog telephone into the into the telephone outlet and uh, and that gives them telephone coverage in the case of a power outage number ele- uh where am i number 13 replace glass carafes with unbreakables most coffee machines most blenders come with glass jugs and carafes just avoid buying those because they will break then you have unhappy guests with no means of making coffee or no means of blending up a smoothie while they're there. And then you are stuck with having to go out and buy a completely new machine because you can't replace the glass jug. So if you can get one with with the the heavy duty uh, the, the heavy duty plastic or a stainless steel jug, then do so. Um, they they don't get broken. That that will just save stress all the way around. Number 14 is avoid Corel dinnerware. Actually, just just yesterday, we were looking at the Corel. We have Corel dinnerware in our RV um, because we've always had it. And we have some, which is, used to be called Melamine. And we, we were looking at a couple of plates we, we, we had when we went camping, camping in Italy over 35 years ago. And we still have that stuff. But what happened is that um, the manufacturer of Corel went to China a couple of years ago and the quality has changed dramatically. And now if anybody has dropped uh, a recently manufactured Corel plate on a tiled floor, it will shatter in a to a million pieces. And it's incredibly dangerous. You know, years ago, it was a really good buy for camping. But we would never I would never recommend it for a rental property. I mean, number one, it looks cheap and unattractive. And secondly, you don't want that risk of it shattering. So it, if you look at consumer reports, you'll see that Corel is no longer shatterproof, according to many, many users. Don't do it. Don't buy the stuff. It's ugly. I hate having it in my fifth wheel, but, um, you know, needs must. And anyway, I know this stuff will never break. 15 is a lockable owner's cupboard. Trust me, guests will look in every cupboard and every drawer in your property. If you're just renting them a room or if you're renting them the whole house, they will look in every drawer and every cupboard because that's what they have rented. You know, they'll expect it to all be for their use. So if you've got any personal items or things you don't want your guests to use, place them in a lockable cupboard or cabinet or remove them entirely. If, if you've got a lockable basement or uh, even an outdoor facility where you can put all your own stuff into totes and containers 
and and put them away out of sight and lock it up because otherwise your guest will be in there i guarantee it number 16 is about trip hazards uh we've uh, as a company we've had our first first ever claim for a slip and fall accident this year and it, it was outside and and we we don't believe that the owner was at fault in any way however it's it's very unfortunate when you get a slip and fall claim the insurance companies are going to be looking for negligence so just make sure you check the property thoroughly inside and outside for any slip and fall hazards. it could be a tree stumps outside slippery deck steps that you might want to put some um some of those you know rubber matting down that makes the the um, the grip better bathtub bases make sure you have slip mats in bathtubs um to bedside mats you just imagine somebody getting out once again let's go back to the power outage somebody gets out of bed in the middle of the night they put their foot on a bedside mat and it slips out from under them they bang their head on on the um on, on the baseboard of the of the bed knock themselves out you've got a real issue on your hands so if you've got a bedside mat, you just make sure it's got a non-slip base to it. Because if you don't pay attention to the risk of slip and fall claim, you will be liable if an accident occurs. And and if even if even if you don't feel you are liable, the stress of going through one of these claims is is certainly enough to make you spend some time and pay attention to all this. Number seventeen. Uh, reinforcements to beds and toilet seats and lawn chairs. Let's face it, people are getting heavier. Most furniture has weight limits well under the average weight of the typical, uh, the typical North American. For example, most most lawn chairs have a recommended limit of two hundred and fifty pounds, and in fact, I believe that the average weight is of of a, of a North American is now two hundred and 36 pounds so there's a good likelihood that many of your guests are going to be over that and we've had a lot of incidences this year of uh, of broken beds broken toilet seats broken chairs broken sofas um so you know with with this weight average weight increasing year on year it's no little wonder that furniture with lower weight limits has a short life in a rental property so give some thought to this with all uh, all your furniture number 18 is scotch guarding upholstery um, i mentioned this because we bought we, we redid kingfisher cottage this year and and i went from the dark brown furniture that showed nothing to completely impractical light blue because it looked like you know it's nice coastal type of decor um so we bought from ikea and we bought removable covers so that they could be laundered but they we we knew they would show marks from the very very first use so we made sure that we as soon as the covers went on and they were scotch guarded and you know people do have spills they will sit down on your furniture with um, with with bare legs covered with suntan lotion, um, children will spill spaghetti sauce. Uh, adults will spill wine. Things happen. Um, so Scotch guarding the upholstery is definitely um, the way to go. 
Um, number 19 is invest in whole home automation. Um, I've just mentioned this, uh, this, this previously. It's something I'm really interested in and it's, it, it, it's just a no brainer, really. We're moving towards home automation. People are expecting it more and, and more. So, so, and, and it's become a lot cheaper than it uh, it used to be so so take a look at what is out there um in terms of the uh, the uh, in terms of automation from your home whether it's the ability to turn turn your ac down um as soon as guests have have left you know to to be able to alter your thermostats remotely um, from the time your guests leave. I mean, this is particularly important for, for us up where, where we are up in Ontario because we will have guests for a, for a weekend maybe uh, in the winter and, and they might leave at four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon and I know that my caretaker is not going to get down there until the following morning to do the changeover because the next guests aren't going to go in um, for, for another few days. So... That's really important that the heating is turned down because hydro is hugely expensive in Ontario. And when the place is uh, unoccupied and the heating is up and the temperature is temperature outside is way, way below freezing. It's pretty expensive if you haven't got that ability to do that. So you can have an automation for just about anything. You turn down turning down the temperature of a hot tub after guests have left or turning the temperature up in the hot tub if your caretaker forgot to turn it up before your guests arrived. So there's plenty of, I mean, definitely just go out and research what's available in whole home automation. Finally, number 20. 20 is really looking back over all of these other the other guest proofing tips and creating a checklist. Uh, create a full checklist of everything that could possibly happen in your home over the course of a rental. Think about the things that that guests could complain about that you could certainly deal with. Think about things that accidents, mishaps that guests could have while they're there um, that you could do something about, that you could be proactive about and prevent them before they even um, start to to happen. So doing this, not just at the beginning of a season, but having this checklist ongoing through the season it doesn't have to be onerous. It could simply be, if you're using the Properly app, you'll be able to, to remind your caretakers to check the flashlights in the, bed, in the bedside drawers that they're working, to check that there are spare batteries um, there, to check that the remote controls have gone back in a basket and that the labels haven't come off, to, uh, to check that the spare key is back in the place it should have been if if they were if it uh, if it if it had to be used so just create a very very simple checklist for yourself 
if you're doing your own changeovers or for your, or for your caretaker, it will prove absolutely invaluable. So there you are. Very quickly, 20 ways to guest proof your vacation rental. I'm sure you can think of more that uh, that I forgot. But uh, but these are the ones that, that definitely came up through the course of this past year or this past summer season that uh, that we that, that just happened over and over again. And we figured, OK, if our owners have this this list and they follow every one of them, it's really going to cut back on the amount of issues that are created. And of course, if you just think about it, a little effort put into doing this is going to prevent accidents and mishaps from happening, which will give your guests a much better time because there's there's no fun in in having a an accident at a property even if you know there's no fun in having to call the property management company or the owner and say I am so sorry I broke something and I don't know if it's valuable or not or or having to say I spilt something I tripped over a rug and I spilt something on the carpet if you can prevent these things you know really think about all the things that might happen and put something in place to prevent them it's going to make them happier you'll get a better review because they've had a happier time okay i hope that was that was useful to you i'm definitely putting this into place in in my property and i'll probably come back in in a year's time and say yeah this really worked i'm i'm hoping i will because uh because i had issues you know, we, we, we've had glass jugs break in the past and know that frantic thing on a Sunday morning. And a Sunday morning in rural Ontario to actually have to go out and buy a new coffee maker, that is no fun. Um, so, you know, we've been there, we've done that and we don't really want to be doing it again. Okay, so as I say, you can go to the um, go to the show notes and you'll be able to download the document which accompanies this this podcast um the 20 ways to guest proof your vacation rental so go on over there and uh, and download that so that's about it for next uh, for, for this week you're probably going to get another solo episode from me next week because we don't get back to ontario till sunday yeah, I'm trying to figure out if I can get an interview in uh, before next week so uh, so I can bring you an interview. If not, you're going to get another solo episode from me, like it or not. So as ever, if you have any questions for me, you can email, email me directly at heather at cottageblogger.com. I always love to hear from you. Maybe a little bit delayed in getting back to you um, if you do this on Thursday or Friday of this week after this episode is published because we will be making our way back back to Canada. The three days driving it's going to take us to uh, to get back up to the cold. But hey, who doesn't want to be 
in a snowy place for Christmas. And that's uh, that's just what we're looking forward to this year. But yeah, give, uh, drop me a line if you've got any suggestions. If you want me to add to this list, uh, I'll be quite happy to, to do that. And uh, in the meantime, enjoy your week. Uh, it's been a delight being with you again. And I'll be back again very soon. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over. But don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business. 